superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Oh, my God. You guys are my favorite. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Rich Eisen. I know what I'm talking about. That's the headline. The Rich Eisen Show with guest host Dan Schwartzman. OMG. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Oh, my gosh. And now sitting in for Rich... It's Dan Schwartzman. All right, hour three of the Rich Eisen Show on a Friday final show of 2023. Dan Schwartzman in for Rich. Well-deserved break for him. I'll be back Monday. I lead you out of 2023. I bring you back in 2024. A lot of NFL talk, NBA talk as well. Baseball free agency continues at a snail's pace. Some huge names out there. A two-time Cy Young Award winner. Still out there, former Cy Young Award winner has been cleared of any criminal charges, is also apparently going to come back from Japan, and a sticky situation going on down in Tampa with a young Rays star who's got a $180 million contract. lot to get to in baseball. No better person to do it with. Our good friend, baseball writer for The Athletic, Keith Law, joining us. Keith, Happy New Year. Uh, let's start off with what's happening in Tampa The Wander Franco situation is starting to come out a bit more. He doesn't show up uh, after being summoned in the Dominican Republic to talk about the allegations of relations with underage women. There's two, in fact, that have come forward. The Rays have so far said very little. He hasn't played recently, obviously. What's going to happen there? And if you're the Rays, what do you do? Do you kind of keep him on leave as as as, as long as this is investigated? Well, there's a a whole legal process here that probably has to play out before we can, I mean, I can't say anything definitive, right? We're right now, police authorities are after him. He's been on, I think, the restricted list since the beginning of August. He's not going to play again until this legal thing is resolved. That's about all I can say for sure. Um, And the fact it certainly doesn't look good that multiple times they have tried to get him to come in and speak to them. And he obviously has not. He, he may be on the run from authorities. That's what these news reports <laughs> sound like, which is right. if that's true, that's also really not good. I, I mean, if you're asking for my guess, I don't think he ever plays again. My guess is his career is over. And yeah, that's $180 million left on the table. If I'm the GM of the race right now, I am planning for a wonderless future. I am just proceeding as if he's never playing again. He is, if, if that's wrong, and if he's able to return, he still has a contract with the Rays. And obviously you make room for a player of his caliber, assuming that you still want him on the roster. But right now it, it, it looks like, yeah, he's not going to play. If he ever plays again, it's going to be a really long time. And I think they just need to proceed as if they're never not going to have him this year. And so they have to address shortstop, and that's a, a huge hole in the lineup offensively. I mean, just from a baseball-only perspective, that's an enormous loss. He was blossoming into a real superstar on the field. And so that's a pretty big challenge for a club like Tampa Bay that really depends on having stars who are 
relatively speaking, were underpaid, and that's what he yeah. was. He signed a long-term contract while he was very young. They weren't paying market price for, for his level of production. Yeah, 11 years, $182 million. They thought to themselves in November 2021, 70 games mm-hmm. into his career, they got themselves a steal, and he probably thought, I'll be a free agent again at, what, 31? I'll sign another big right. deal and make more money. But I'll tell you, you know, with you saying that, you know, putting it out there in terms of he's potentially on the run, you're right. Like I never thought of it that way, but it kind of seems that way because he won't show up and meet with the officials in the DR. Now, that said, what's mind-boggling to me, and I know the Baseball Players Union is the most powerful union maybe the world has ever seen, but how does a guy, and I understand what guaranteed means, but how is there not apparently a clause in a contract where if you can ever get out of a contract, wouldn't this type of situation be it? Well, they don't have to pay him if he's unable to play, right? If he is, obviously, if he's in prison, they're not going to have to pay him. They would actually still retain his rights in a baseball sense. So say, completely hypothetically, he gets like a one-year prison sentence. I have no right. idea. I made that number up. We don't sure. really know. And these charges are way more serious than that. Yeah. But if that were the case, in theory, he could serve a short prison sentence, and then return to the race. And the contract would resume. He wouldn't be paid for the time when he's unable to play. Right. Um, you know, if they wanted to simply void the contract before that, they'd have to pay him. I mean, that's, we've seen that happen in several other cases, um, generally involving some kind of domestic violence or sexual assault allegations. Uh, so the Rays aren't going to do that, right? They're not going to just uh, assume that liability. They'll just keep him on the restricted list and say, well, we don't have to pay him anything until, you know, uh, assuming he's either in prison or suspended by Major League Baseball. That's the other thing that can happen. We've seen many times where there's no criminal charges, but Major League Baseball finds more than enough evidence in their view to issue a suspension. And then the players don't get paid until the suspension ends. So there's several scenarios here where the Rays are also not paying Franco for, for a short period of time or maybe even for, for the remainder of the contract. And, Keith, we just saw that, right, with Trevor Bauer. Uh, he was mm-hmm. out a year and a half pretty much. But some people didn't you know, legally agree with that, and maybe there's a case there, and I think he's probably suing, but it's a case where, in the end, he was not found guilty of anything. So I don't know if he did it, didn't do it, but he's now attempting to come back from Japan He's a former Cy Young Award winner. He's still age-wise in the prime of his career. Is there any market there in baseball for a team to take a chance on Trevor Bauer? Now, to be fair, he was never a, you know, a clubhouse guy per se, but do you see a team bringing in Trevor Bauer? Or is he that toxic, toxic, regardless of the fact, again, he was never nothing criminal ever, ever came out of this? Nothing criminal was found. He did have multiple women accuse him of some kind of misdeeds. Um, And Major League Baseball found enough evidence in that case to issue the longest suspension at the time, at least the longest suspension ever under the domestic violence and sexual assault policy. So I just take from that. um, Look, they found something, something untoward happened and they decided it was strong enough evidence to issue a suspension of that length. Other teams will look at it the same way. And there are multiple things you have to consider. Obviously, Trevor Bauer in the just in the abstract, uh, on the field, helps your team. However, your fans are probably not going to like this. Some will. Many won't. There will be a pretty significant backlash um, to bringing someone with those allegations against him and a suspension of that length against him. Um, And you may have 
players on your team or members of the coaching staff who are opposed to bringing him in. If he comes back, and my guess is he probably doesn't. I don't think there's going to be a lot of market for his services. But if he does, it would likely be to a team with very little to lose. I think it was Craig Calcaterra who wrote this. Uh, baseball writer's got a great newsletter. I think he wrote something yeah. like this. It's going to be a team that has kind of no downside. A team that doesn't have a big fan base or isn't likely to care or hear much of an outcry if they do bring him back. He mentioned the Oakland A's, right? What do the Oakland A's have to lose at this point? No one's showing up to that stadium anyway. And you can get him for cheap, right? I mean, they don't like to spend any right. money. He's, he can't get a big contract. He's going to play for one year anyway at this point. Uh, kind of a right. prove-it thing. Can you behave yourself? So you're right. Oakland yeah, makes sense. Cr- yeah, it's crass, but you know, it's also capitalism. Would I sign him? No, I would not. If I were a GM, I would say we don't. I don't agree. I don't want to sign somebody with that kind of history, and I don't want to bring that into our clubhouse. Not everybody thinks that way. And I, you know, I'm, that is just how I would operate if I were a GM. But there may be GMs who say, this guy's going to make us a better team. That's worth doing, even with the backlash, even with the downside. And Keith, in terms of pure baseball talent, he is a he's an ace. He's a frontline starter. He would make a pitching staff better, no question about it. And, and again, he's not going to cost you a lot of money. But you're right, if you're an established team. But then again, you know, I was in Philly, Keith, when the Eagles announced Mike Vick's coming back to them after a prison stint, right? And mm-hmm. there was a lot of backlash, and that's an established team with an established fan base, and Andy Reid was a coach, and they weathered the storm. Animals and, and obviously sexual violence against women are possibly different in people's minds, so maybe that's where things differ, but we've seen it happen in other sports, right? Guys who you didn't believe could come back somehow had a home to come back to amazingly. So, you know, if I'm a betting man, do I think Trevor Bauer plays again in Major League Baseball? Unfortunately, I think the answer is probably yes, because talent wins out. Pretty crazy. I agree, talent does that. win out. There, there will always be someone, there's a price, right? There's a there's some level where someone will say, and I'm not speaking of Bauer specifically, right? But there's right. always someone they'll say, this is worth it. Freaking Deshaun Watson, of all, right? That guy should yeah. never have played again, and yet yeah. there was a market for him. So there is some some GM exists at some level who will at least consider it, at least yeah. say that it is a possibility. There, it is a, you know, you can make some kind of mental calculation over this. You know, to me, it is as much a moral argument. I simply don't want a player with that history in my organization. Some people won't look at it that way. They'll say, is this guy going to make us better? Is, it, is he, like you said, he might come cheap because he's just trying to reestablish himself. I also think in, in cases like this, it also matters a lot how the, what the player does. Did the player uh, take responsibility? Is there any accountability? Has he apologized in some sense? Right? There is a process you go through that can ease the player's transition back into baseball. Obviously, a lot of that may just be you know word salad out there just to try to get in people's good graces. I'm not saying I always believe it, but just looking right. at history, that does happen. Yeah, no, it does happen. We've seen it in the past, and... That's what agents are for. They write up a nice little uh, contrite-sounding <laughs> thing, and next thing you know, the players, uh, I'm changed, man, whatever it might be. And right. you know, that's the excuse that, that teams and organizations who are desperate will use to bring him in, saying he's a different man. Now he's going to win us a bunch of games. Keith Law from The mm-hmm. Athletic joining us here on The Rich Eisen Show. Dan Schwartzman in for Rich on this Friday. I love baseball, and I'm happy spring training is, frankly, pretty much right around the corner, not that far off, as we hit 2024 mm-hmm. this weekend. Are we – look – are we in for one of these crazy beginnings of spring training where you have some big names that have yet to sign? We're going to be two, three weeks into spring training and big names like Blake Snell haven't decided 
where they want to go. We had that with Bryce Harper, right? Is that what we're in for this mm-hmm. year? Man, I hope not, but my guess is, yeah, a couple of guys. I think we're going to see more signings coming up. We'll get to the new year, and I think by between that and, say, the end of January, the majority of the free agents out there will still sign. Would not surprise me at all. It's funny you mentioned Snell because he's the one I keep thinking of because Scott Boris is his agent. Boris does like to hold out his premium guys until late in the offseason. He likes to be able to say, you need a starting pitcher? I got the only one left, the only good one right. left. And in Snell's case, he could say, I got a two-time Cy Young Award winner. Beat that. But there are a lot of teams that look at Snell and say, he's had two very good seasons, obviously, when he won the Cy Young. And that's it. He's never pitched a full season any other time in his career. He is not reliable. He has not been able to handle those workloads consistently. And in the years when he hasn't won the Cy Young, he also hasn't been anywhere near as effective, even working in, in less time, in a lower innings total. So he's a really hard one for guys to value. And I think if the price is pay me like I'm a two-time Cy Young winner, that is going to hold him out until later in the offseason because I don't think teams are going to be willing to meet that price because they see risk. They see too much volatility in his track record, even just his track record in the last couple of seasons. Do you also, if you're a big market team, kind of worry about his uh, his makeup for a big market? Winning in San Diego, winning in Tampa, you don't exactly have a great fan base sitting there yelling at and screaming at you, right? So <laughs> could he make it in a New York or a place like that? I would worry. I don't know anything about Snell, Snell's individual makeup to right. answer that side of it. I will say, Snell's had a lot of years, even in his good years, he's, he can be pretty wild. Like, he can walk a lot of guys and get away with it because he does, there are other things he does well. He misses a lot of bats. He, in his better years, he keeps the ball in the park, et cetera. If you go to New York, you go to Philly, I live right near Philly, for example, and you start walking a lot of guys, it's not going to go well. Now, how he handles it from there, I don't actually know. But you, can, you end up on the back page of the paper a lot, and not for the good reasons. If you're walking five guys every couple of starts, like, people are not a big fan. Keith... I love Shohei Otani. I think he's the greatest baseball player I've ever seen, and maybe of all time. Ten years, seven hundred mil. Forget the deferred money; it's still a heck of a lot of money. It's still seven hundred million dollars. I haven't heard much reaction from others around the league, not players who obviously are happy when a guy makes that kind of money, but other front mm-hmm. offices. Uh, maybe there is nobody talking, but are people shocked with that dollar amount? Are people maybe disgusted for what it means for the market? How Juan Soto may be a $45, $50 million guy now for the Yankees if they try to re-sign him. What is the quiet reaction to Otani's massive contract? I haven't heard anybody disgusted by it. I mean, there's some people just sort of shocked by the the raw dollar figure, and that was before we found out how much was deferred. And in present value, for for folks who are sort of a little economically inclined, it is more like $46 million a year, which actually (laughs) feels kind of cheap. for. But when you think about how much Otani is worth to a club, he is a unicorn, and not just on the field. He is so valuable to that whatever major league team employs him now, it's going to be to the Dodgers, he was to the Angels. He brings in so much outside revenue before he even takes a swing or throws a pitch. There's almost nobody like him. I mean, that's, that's just, he is, he's his own market. He is his own tier of free agent. There's just no comparison for him. And so while you, people in the union will tell you, anytime a guy signs a record-setting contract, it pulls the top of the market up. Everybody who follows behind him makes a little bit more money because of it. Otani might be the exception because you just you can never compare. If you're an agent, you can't compare your guy to Otani. Nobody's like him. We've never seen anybody like him, not in the free agent era. 
And I have told my kids, I said, I don't know if we ever will. I don't know if we'll ever see anybody close to him, his talent level uh, or his popularity around the world. And so I, I think people are generally saying, yeah, this guy's he's an outlier. And that's great. It's good for him. It's good for baseball, I think, to have him in a giant market like that. Everybody wants to see Otani in the postseason. I don't think it changes what Juan Soto is going to get. And look, he's he's a good-looking guy. He's beloved by other players. He seems to be a really nice guy. He's incredibly marketable, right? I mean, Ichiro kind of mm-hmm. shied away from that. Otani seems to be different from that. I think in terms of $46 million a year, they're going to make that in merchandising plus some. I remember when you know Hideki Matsui came to New York, Masahiro you know, Tanaka came to New York, you would have Japanese tour groups that would make the Yankees a stop. And every Japanese yeah. tourist in the city is wearing a Yankee cap. So they're going to make a fortune on him. Now, they don't just bring in Otani. They get Yoshinobu Yamamoto, who is a three-time Sawamura Award winner, the Japanese Cy Young. I've always thought, and I'm half Japanese, so I'm a little biased here, but I've always Mm -hmm. thought when people talk about the Japanese players, and I remember, oh, Ichiro can't turn on an inside fastball. There was possibly some, you know, ulterior motives as to why a Japanese Japanese player can do it. Right. Um, This guy wasn't just good in Japan. He was great. Teams obviously thought that offering him big money is fairly is it fair to say there's somewhat of a consensus that he should be an ace pitcher yes the only concern i mean that's not a qualified yes yes everyone i talked to said he's probably an ace at worst you've got a really good number two but he's probably an ace um it's a stuff it's ace production it's ace control uh, he's got a tremendous track record pitching in, you know, arguably the second best major league in the world, right? After sure. Major League Baseball, the best place you can pitch is Japan. The yeah. only knock I have really heard on him from anybody, and this is even from scouts who really, really like him, he's small. Now, the one scout in particular who I talked to kind of the most, because I've not seen Yamamoto live, only video, and I talked to many scouts who saw him, but the, the strongest report I got on him said, yeah, he's really small. He might be about 5'8". He doesn't weigh very much, but he's super athletic. He does hold his velocity deep into games. He's got multiple ways to get you out. This scout in particular that I'm thinking of said, I'm still in. Yeah, he's small, and he's going to have to prove that that's not an issue for him. This is the winter of small free agent starters, right? Sonny Gray got a pretty good contract. Marcus Stroman is out there. Those two guys, I think, are really good comps because they're both – I've met both of those guys. They're not much taller than I am, and I'm only 5'6" but they're two of the best athletes you will see on a mound in Major League Baseball. And I do think that matters. You can get away with being short and all that that includes, not just about health, but about the plane, the actual angle that, at which the ball is approaching the plate too. It can be a disadvantage to be shorter. If you're athletic, you have a better chance to work around that. You have a better chance to make adjustments. And that is why people were so optimistic about Yamamoto, even though he's not 6'2". Yeah, well, I'm going to be selfish here, and I just love talking baseball, and and I do follow Japanese baseball (laughs) because there's a high talent level there. And, Keith, I know you love baseball around the world as well. You mentioned the knock on him is height. There's a guy behind him who's going to come over in the next couple of years who may be even better, Roki Sasaki, (laughs) who doesn't have a height problem. He's six foot four. If Yamamoto's getting 325 over 12 years, teams have been salivating over Sasaki for years now. Uh you know, we're talking four hundred plus million for him. I would think, right? Easily, easily. Well, and it's it's a it's not quite a fair comparison because he's younger, right. um, and so if you were getting him with just with less mileage, right, you'd pay more. 
If you think yeah. he's as good as Yamamoto, and they're pretty close, you're right. Um, and but you think you're getting a few more of his prime years, you pay more. Um, you know, a lot of the better Japanese starters who've come here have been effective for a couple of years and then tapered off or gotten hurt. And it's nothing to do with being Japanese. It's just that you're, you're, they've already had a major league career in most cases right. before they've come here. They've pitched a lot. And, you know, that, that will be the, the question about Sasaki because he throws harder than Yamamoto. He throws, I believe, as hard as any starter in Japan, right? As yeah. anybody we've seen over there. So, and that's going to happen more and more, but he's one of the first. He might be the first Japanese starter to consistently hit 100, working as a starter in NPB. So yeah. there'll be some questions about how long does that last. You know, hopefully stays healthy. But my guess is it's probably about three years before he comes over because his team, and forgive me, I forget which team he's on right now, but they're not going to want to let him go for just the, the posting fee. They're going to keep him as, for a couple more years and try to win. And that's what we're seeing with a lot of teams in NPB and KBO in Korea too is, Hold on to these guys until they got a year or two left before true free agency and then cash in for the posting fee. But meanwhile, just try to win while you can because they're elite. You know, when you have one elite player like that, it can make a huge difference in, in a league like that where the top players are as good as they are in MLB. It's that the, the worst player on an NPB roster is like a double A or A ball player over here. Yeah. Well, it's a Chiba Lotte Marines. And in 2022, <laughs> his his fastball averaged 98.4 miles per hour. So yeah, is that good? I think that's, that's good. I think it's decent. Well, we go 158.3 kilometers. If you do that on the highway, you get in a lot of trouble. Uh, yeah. So I think Sounds it's pretty better. good. Sounds better than that. <laughs> Keith Law, read his stuff as knowledgeable as they come on the athletic. Keith, happy New Year to you and the family. Appreciate you hopping on. Great conversation as always. My pleasure. Awesome stuff. I love talking baseball. All right, I have to extend the segment because I love talking baseball. You get to Keith Law to come on, talk baseball. I could talk hours and hours with Keith Law. Just telling you. All right, we got to take a break now. I've blown past the break, obviously, in this case. We will come back. A lot to get into next. Dan Schwartzman in for Rich Friday, last Friday of 2023, The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. 
That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code EISEN. That's I B O T T A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Browns have it at the 49-yard line with a first down, a minute 38 to play. First half, Flacco avoids the sack, looking to run. Flacco will toss it, complete, caught down the sideline. Jerome Ford to the 20, 15, still going 10 to the 5, Ford gets in. Touchdown, Cleveland. The catch and run for Ford. Joe Flacco. Jets could not bring down Ford, and the Browns make them pay. It was a really cool, unbelievable atmosphere. So, yeah, to get it done in front of the home crowd, to actually get ourselves into the into that next step in the season, uh, it was it definitely made it extra special. That clip, courtesy of Westwood One, I need with the call. Browns clinching their second playoff appearance since 2002. Joe Flacco, 4-1 as a starter. They're 11-5, rolling along winners of four straight. And you heard Joe Flacco after the game talking about this was public enemy number one in Cleveland for years. He dominated. He's like 18-3 career record-wise. And when he was the starter of the Baltimore Ravens, a team that people in Cleveland hate anyway because the Baltimore Ravens used to be the Cleveland Browns before Art Modell moved them for a better deal, stadium, and tax incentives, and everything else. Cleveland got their team back, and they've had nothing but futility since, starting with the drafting of Tim Couch, number one overall. They haven't had, was that 1999 or something? They haven't had very, barely any success. And Joe Flacco comes in in what some thought would be a lost season once Deshaun Watson went down, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the fifth-round pick out of UCLA, you know, couldn't get it done. And here comes Joe Flacco, loses his first start against the Rams. And after that, they've beaten the Jaguars, the Bears, the Texans, and now the Jets. And they're playing at the Bengals to wrap things up. Week 18 of the season, January 7th. Imagine not only do you know does an ex-Raven turn this season around for Cleveland... But imagine they're the reason why the Bengals don't make the postseason because Joe Flacco and and Cleveland keep their Ohio rivals out in that final week, weekend of the season. That'd be something. And they said on the broadcast that he got the call sitting on his mom's couch. Oh, I believe it. I, you know, he, this guy's what thirty-eight years old, nothing to do. He's nothing probably to sitting do. there going, "Yeah, I got nothing to do." Look, he doesn't have to work. The guy made a ton of money. He had a huge contract. Remember, he had the richest contract in football, I believe, history at that time. For when he five minutes. The, for five minutes, right? But whatever. We can't say that, right? 
We have no, uh, we, we can't say we have the richest contract in anything for five no. minutes, right? <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice, though. But, I mean, listen, Joe Flacco's made a, a ton of money in the league. Good for him. I don't begrudge him. All I'm saying is he could sit on his mom's couch all day because he's earned $175 million. I looked it up. He's earned $175 million in his career. That's not so bad. Remember, because he had signed back in 2013, that six-year, $120.6 million extension after he wins the Super Bowl. Three years later, he signs three years, $66.4 million. Now, when he's making $22 million a year as a starting quarterback in 2016, that was a heck of a lot of money. Now quarterbacks are making $45, $50, $55 million a year. It's a different time. But back then, signing a $20 million a year contract in the NFL when you're playing 16 games was considered incredible. So he's cleared enough money to where he can sit on his mom's couch the rest of his life and do nothing. Unless he went out there on a spending spree and blew all the money, which I kind of doubt you can spend. I mean, I I, I, I wouldn't know, Art, because I've never had that kind of money well, in my life. Well, yeah, we see all the rock bands from the 80s doing so. But this is $175 million. Okay, yes, take out the taxes. You're still talking a guy that had, you know, cash-wise, what, $80 million? Ninety million, right? Like it's it's got to be hard to blow that kind of money. Like you buy a five million dollar house in cash, you still have a lot of money left. You buy a nice car for a hundred grand, it doesn't really dent you that badly, right? I mean, you know, I don't think Joe Flacco's hurting for for money. I don't think he's still playing now for. Six figures now, because he, doesn't, he needs he the money. doesn't look like he's got a drug habit either. So No, no. You never Listen, you've never heard a bad thing about Joe Flacco, right? There's never been a criminal allegation against him. You've never heard anybody say he's a bad dude. He did this. He did that. He you know, punched somebody at a bar, got drunk at a nightclub, and passed out. I don't remember a bad word uh, since he got drunk. drafted in, in 2008. Right? You've never heard anything like that, right? Nothing. So... Yeah, I respect Joe Flacco. I don't think he's ever been a great quarterback. He had a tremendous playoff run leading the team to a Super Bowl, and that postseason he was unstoppable. No interceptions thrown, and that's a guy who has thrown double-digit interceptions every year he's been a starter and healthy. His interception-to-touchdown ratio isn't great. It's like two touchdowns for every one interception. I don't even think it's that good. But he's got a Super Bowl ring. He's made a boatload of money. He brought stability to a position for the Ravens. And anybody that's a first-round pick, 18th overall in 2008, who is still playing in this league, that's a pretty darn successful career, right? And I, I, don't, even, I don't even mean the money he's earned. I'm just saying what he's accomplished in life. He's thrown for over 40,000 yards. It's been a really great career, and it's awesome to see him do this because not only was he on his mother's couch, but... No one thought he could do anything. You know, the Jets had him in their, you know, in their facility for three years. When Aaron Rodgers went down four plays into the season, for the Jets have not to have picked up a phone and called Joe Flacco. And I understand hindsight's, you know, 2020, but still, to not at least kick the tire on him. Instead, you're going with Zach Wilson. And behind him, you didn't have any sort of an established. Uh, you know, backup. Trevor Simeon's not good. He's terrible. A lot of bad quarterbacks in this league. 
And here comes the Cleveland Browns who lose their high-priced, overpaid quarterback in Deshaun Watson. The young guy doesn't do it, the, the fifth-round pick. Uh, you know, and, and here we are. Look what's happened. Joe Flacco has kept them in this thing, and they're thriving. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, by the way. P.J. Walker wasn't any good when he played. Between Walker and Thompson-Robinson, in 14 games, mop-up duty, some starts here and there, they threw for two touchdowns and nine interceptions. They weren't exactly heading in the right direction. Brutal. 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 And I give the offensive line a ton of credit, by the way. Flacco in five games has been sacked eight times. That's it. Eight times. You give any quarterback who has had success in this league time in a pocket, guess what? They're going to succeed. Look and at ba- Baker Mayfield. Has. Baker Mayfield. Uh, he's been great with Tampa to the point where they're going to resign him. You know, they're going to give him a contract. He's reborn there. And it was a right move for Cleveland, by the way, to get a. Now, I don't think Deshaun Watson was a right move. I think there's a, a serious criminal issue there that. I couldn't believe Cleveland, A, brought him in, gave up what they did to get him, and then signed him to a fully guaranteed contract. That was some of the dumbest things I've ever seen in pro sports. That's just my opinion on it. But, you know, divorcing from Baker Mayfield made a lot of sense for Cleveland. You know, that ship had sailed. And good for him to get another opportunity in Tampa after he bounced around a bit, right, with the Rams and things like that. But it's worked out for Baker Mayfield in Tampa. He's had a nice season. Statistically, it's been very good. They've won some games, and he likes it there, and it looks like they're going to keep him well, there. He's a Heisman Trophy winner, isn't he? What does that mean? <laughs> means he had a heck of a college career, right? You go up and down the list of Heisman Trophy winners, especially uh, as of late, and you see who they are, and then you kind of put it together with their careers. You're like, wait a minute. All right, you know, Jaden Daniels, we don't know, obviously. He's coming out at LSU. Bryce Young has struggled so far, but I think there's a good future there. Uh, Jameis Winston won a Heisman Trophy. Kyler Murray. RG3, Tim Tebow, Jason White. Yeah, Kyler Murray. I don't think he's very good, to be honest. I think he's highly overrated. Lamar Jackson's great. Marcus Mariota was terrible. Johnny Manziel, awful. You know, Cam Newton, outside of one season, you know, I... He's an interesting figure. He had that one amazing year when they went 15-1, and one, and he was the MVP, right? A lot of touchdowns, really big season. Every other year, though, for Cam Newton is like 20 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, Horrible. a lot of rushing Horrible. yards. Yeah. Not great. RG, Sam Bradford, only RG3, dealt with injuries. RG3. RG3. Troy Smith, Tim Tebow, Matt Leiner, Tim Jason Tebow. White, Eric Crouch, Chris Wenke. Carson Palmer was pretty good. Palmer was good. Werfel. Winky. Not good. Your boy Winky. Winky, yeah. <laughs> Chris Winky, yeah. Ricky Williams. Uh, Gino Toretta, Charlie Ward, Ty Detmer, you know, Andre Ware. Chances are you win a Heisman Trophy, you're not going to succeed in the NFL Eddie as George. a quarterback. Eddie George was good. Yes, but you're talking running backs. Here, take the handoff run. It's a lot <laughs> different than read this defense, throw that football with accuracy, and get rid of it in under two seconds in the pocket. You know, the big difference in what's asked of a player. <laughs> But the list is not a good list of Heisman Trophy winners. Although I guess lately it's been a bit better, right? Like Caleb Williams wins it last year at USC. I do think he's going to be really good. Bryce Young being in Carolina probably doesn't help him. And also the way C.J. Stroud has played at Houston, 
you know, kind of makes people look at Bryce Young saying, should he have been the first pick? But it's so early. This is He's not even done this first year as an NFL starter. So let's lay off of him. Joe Burrow's been, when healthy, fantastic. You know, we, we mentioned Kyler Murray. I I think he's a very talented guy. I just don't think Kyler Murray's a effective NFL quarterback because while running the football is awesome, you're a quarterback, which means you have to be able to pass the football too. And that's an argument I have, Art, with a good friend of mine who's a Bears fan. He's a lifelong friend of mine. He's a big Bears fan. And we've been arguing Justin Fields. Yeah, yeah. And both of those, the, the Bears and the Cardinals have high picks. Are they going to go for quarterbacks and replace these guys? It's easier for the Bears to do because the money situation, right? Like, think about it. Justin Fields is on a rookie contract, so you let him go, your cap hit's not going to be massive, right? You're not going to be like, oh my goodness, we have killed our cap because we let him go. The way that it's going to happen with um, Russell Wilson in Denver. Now, the issue when it comes to Kyler Murray and his contract is his cap hits. Are you ready for this? Yeah, hit me. Starting in 2024, his cap hit is $51.8 million. More importantly, his dead cap hit is $81.5 million. Wow. 2025, that's when you can start thinking about maybe getting rid of him. His cap hit is $45.6 million. The dead cap hit is $33 million. Still a lot of money to, so th- to put on the books as dead money. they got to keep him for one more year. At least two, though, probably. 2026, it goes down to $20.2 million dead cap. That you can live with. But eighty-one and a half, and even $33 million, you probably can't. Although the $12 million between ca- you know the, the cash difference and the cap hit, maybe look at that and say we'd rather keep the cash and take the dead cap hit then. I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, this is why it was kind of dumb for them to give him that contract when they did. They could have waited a year to decide, and after that year, there's probably likelihood they wouldn't have given him that contract. Because he got a contract with $160 million in guaranteed money. That's incredible. It's a ton of money for a guy that's accomplished what as an NFL quarterback? Well, he watches, he plays video games. He plays a lot of video games. (laughs) And the red flag had to be, remember that that, that whole hoopla about the language in the contract where he had to watch film. Remember that? Instead of playing video games. Right. And then people said, you can't have that. And then the Arizona Cardinals had to like back off and take it out of the contract. Isn't that a red flag to where maybe you don't give a guy a $230.5 million five-year contract? Yes, Absolutely. Where there's obviously a concern that he's not putting in the time off the field to learn? If Michael Vick, who will readily admit this, by the way, Michael Vick is one of the most talented athletes we have ever seen in any sport. If Michael Vick had showed an ounce of care early in his career about taking his job seriously, he would go down in the discussion of greatest quarterbacks in history. I'm not kidding you. If you go back and watch Michael Vick tapes, okay, at Virginia Tech, and even with the Falcons, forget the running ability, the elusiveness. I'm talking about even the passing. Great arm, incredible spiral. Really, I mean, he was tremendous. But you ask anybody that was around that Atlanta Falcons team with Michael Vick, 
even before he signed the $100 million contract, he was the last one there, the first one out, okay? And sometimes he would leave and have lunch with his pals and then come back to the facility. And I'm not, I'm not talking teammate pals. I'm talking just like his buddies. That was not much of a commitment, and he was still as good as he was. Imagine if, if, if he had committed to being an NFL quarterback at the level a lot of guys do today where you kind of live, eat, and breathe that, right? I'm telling you, Art, I mean, you remember Michael Vick of Virginia Tech. There's oh, a reason man. why he was wow. a first overall pick. Yeah, he Tremendous. Was great. It was great. He was great. <laughs> he was great. And he didn't obviously put the time in, and I think there's obviously a regret with that. All right, we got uh, plenty more to get into. Do you poke the bear in a few days before a massive game with playoff implications? Well, Jamar Chase may have done that with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll explain you. You'll hear from him next. Dan Schwartzman, it's a Friday edition of The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs and the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side, helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature, quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. stands out about that secondary for the Chiefs? If I'm being honest, nothing. They just know how to play us. They know the leverages. They know what splits we in. They just know what we going to do certain moments. Um, they throw a little double-doubles at us to stop the two best players on our side, and that's all they do. I mean, it's not really like they got a Jalen Ramsey on these squads, you know what I'm saying? So, not much. That is Jamar Chase of the Cincinnati Bengals, asked about the Kansas City Chiefs secondary, one he will face this weekend, and uh, just giving them some bullet board, bulletin board material. Kansas City struggling. They have not locked up the AFC West. In fact, the Raiders still have a shot to win it. They have to win out, and the Chiefs have to lose the next two, starting again with this weekend, and then they'll face the Chargers in L.A., Week 18, that's January 7th. Right now, everything's TBD in terms of kickoff times because it's all based on what happens this weekend, week 17 of the season. This is the most important weekend of the whole year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because And by the way, there's a bunch of teams that are still in contention here. 
It's incredible. Still in contention, and we don't know times for next week, and it depends on everything this weekend. Everything depends on this weekend. And who doesn't love that, right? That just makes it even better. Like, a lot of teams are in still to where their fan bases are invested still. Because even like the Raiders, right? Like, Art, it's... it's For the Chiefs to lose twice more, it's possibly a long shot. I mean, they can play a Chargers team with a backup quarterback if it comes to that. Uh, They're playing the Bengals with a backup quarterback, right? So chances are they probably don't lose both. But, Art, you're heading into Week 17 with your team still mathematically there. Yes. Where you can actually chart the path as to how they can get in. You don't need, well, if this team loses and that team wins and then this, that. You don't need like three or four scenarios to happen. It's a clear-cut scenario. So... You're invested. Now, my Jets are out, so it doesn't matter. But like I'm saying is like you are invested, and a lot of Absolutely. fan bases right now can say that. Yeah. I'm I'm wearing I'm wearing out my jersey. Do you sleep in that damn thing? Oh man. Oh, you should see me. You're like a two year old, aren't you? I am. Unbelievable. But listen, I, I give you credit. It's not like the Raiders have had a ton to cheer for uh as a fan for quite a while, right? So well, a couple nice years ago, we made the playoffs a couple years ago. They made Yeah, the playoffs, a couple right? years, but it's not exactly an every year occurrence type of thing. It's been rough overall. It's, it's been rough. It's been rough. Completely understand that. So enjoy it while it lasts. And I do hope it comes down to the, and by the way, we'll be back on here on Monday. And we'll talk about all this because oh, everything yeah. will be settled and it'll be a lot of fun to see where we stand heading into week 18 with all the TBDs because the NFL wants to make sure got marquee games to watch, right? And you don't you know, kill Sunday with Saturday. So yep, it's going to be yep. kind of interesting to see how it all plays out. Make sure, by the way, to stream the NFL on Westwood One for free, sponsored by AutoZone. All season long, you can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open WWO Sports, WWO Sports, or on your Westwood One affiliate station's digital platforms. That's right. Stream Kevin Harlan. Kurt Warner, Rich Eisen, all season long for free and get in the zone with AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone restrictions apply. Jamar Chase, I get what he's saying. He is actually answering the question accurately, and I appreciate the honesty. But sometimes you're probably better off not being honest Because you don't want to give a team extra motivation. It's hard enough for the Chiefs secondary to realize they have to go up against a really, 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 really good wide receiver core of the Cincinnati Bengals, one of the best in the league. And you look at the names of that secondary for Kansas City, (laughs) they're not great, okay? Legereus, Snead, Trent McDuffie, Justin Reed, Mike Edwards, these aren't all pro household names, it's not Jalen Ramsey. It's not Sauce Gardner. It's not guys like that. These are good players, not great. They're not really difference makers. So why give them anything to get even more upset about as they prepare to face you? Honesty's nice, but sometimes it's not. Bill Belichick, you can ask Bill Belichick about a quarterback he his team, the Patriots are playing come up and coming up on a Sunday, and it could be Zach Wilson who's horrendous, right? And what's Bill Belichick going to tell you? He's going to tell you that Zach Wilson is the best quarterback in the NFL or the best quarterback that they've faced or so talented this is the weekend that he wakes up. That's what Bill Belichick will tell you because he doesn't want to give the opposing team any more 
motivation so to come out right. We're on to Cincinnati. He pulled that again, by the way, on Boston Radio. They kept asking about his future, and he brought up... We're on c- to Cincinnati? Not since... Yeah, not, he brought up the... Uh, he just said, we're just looking ahead. We're looking ahead to... This you think having a 37 year We're on to Cincinnati. There you go. That's that's classic Belichick right there, right? He, he says, we're on to Buffalo. They're asking, like, what's your future hold? What have you heard from Bob Crabb? He's like, oh, I'm thinking about his Buffalo. Just looking ahead to Buffalo. You think having a 37-year-old? We're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> you know what the funny part is, uh, Art, when it comes to Belichick and his press conferences? It's comical, right? Because, like, the answer's like that. They're funny. And at this point, like, you see his facial expressions, things like that. You talk to players who played for him. He is a different guy. He's funny. He's witty, like philosophical. Like you don't associate the word funny with Bill Belichick, right? You don't sit there going, "Oh yeah, I bet you Belichick is a barrel of laughs." Apparently, he is. Mm, yeah, I wouldn't. Have I've talked that. to right. You don't think that? I've talked to multiple Patriot players who have played for him. Multiple. I've never heard one say, "Oh yeah, Belichick, he's boring." Oh yeah, puts me to sleep. Like, he will make them laugh a heck of a lot more than he will make them fall asleep. That's just the way he is. I want to wish everybody a Happy New Year, by the way. This is the last Rich Eisen show. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Art. We will uh, reconvene on Monday yes. when it will be January 1st. We'll know more of the playoff races in the NFL and what it all means for Week 18. Have a Happy New Year. Be safe, everybody. I will be back with you on Monday. Dan Schwartzman in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show.